1: Star Companion Podcast. My name is David. And I'm Zachary Kirsten. <laughs> and we are the uh, podcast, Star Trek podcast, fan podcast. And our duty is to review each and every Star Trek episode uh, by star date. Holy shit, you said duty. <laughs> and today we're going to be interviewing, not interviewing, but reviewing uh, season one, episode 12 of Enterprise. And the name of the episode is "Silent Enemy."
0: Yeah, uh, StarDate after 0901215.1. If I remember right, this one actually takes place a, uh, a yeah, it takes place a week before uh, the last episode. Oh, really? I have a feeling it's a writing flub where they weren't like, "What was the last StarDate?" Right. So technically it takes place before they do the um uh Suleban, you know, the whole Cold
1: Front uh temporal cold war episode. Uh, yeah. Maybe they did it to confuse us further about the whole temporal cold cold war. I guess in the mind frame where there's multiple timelines, you know.
0: Yeah, that or um <laughs> the, they were switching riders. Uh, uh okay. Uh, Berman and Braga fired all the writers um, at a certain point in the first season. Wow! Because they're like, this is too much like DS9 and Voyager, so we've got to get some new blood in here. Right. In the same way that that's exactly what they did with Discovery.
1: So they didn't make it very far. It's only twelve seasons or twelve episodes in, and they already fired all the writers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Um, But this episode, uh, Enterprise is attacked by an unknown alien starship as Archer orders the crew to install experimental phase cannons. Meanwhile, Hoshi is ordered to find out what Reed's
1: favorite food is for a birthday dinner. Um, It's funny that that you have to mention that because that's like a huge part of the episode. It's a
0: huge (laughs) part of the episode, you know, and and they're like, Hoshi, are you working on our uh, very important secret assignment? On our favorite boy you know um what an absolutely elaborate birthday I mean I get that I've had people whose birthdays who are very keep to themselves don't like celebrating actually probably most of my friends (laughs) are like that um but in this episode uh the Enterprise NX-01 launches Echo 2 a subspace amplifier and uh Hoshi wants to run some tests which will take about an hour and uh our birthday boy, Malcolm Reed, detects an alien ship. The configuration is unknown, as to Paul uh relates. Uh the captain tries to hail him for uh first contact opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately he gets no reply. The vessel then warps away, leaving and Dad
1: to surmise was it something I said? Leaving dad with his uh with his hand. <laughs> yeah. Out, ready for ready for a handshake. They left Dad hanging.
0: They left Dad hanging. And uh, the only information uh, Reed was able to gather from the first contact is that the ship is protected by a sensor dampening field preventing the enterprise from scanning the vessel.
1: Very advanced. <clears throat> um, you know,
0: I know you like continuity, and as I stated mm-hmm. earlier, real lack of continuity with the star date here. Yep. Number one. Number one. Um, I don't recognize the con- the configuration. Great! Hail him! <laughs> we need to speak to him. Maybe they want to be our friends. You know, it's such a, it's such a like... It's got to yeah. be pretty brutal having Dad out there. Yeah. You know? I love him. I love Dad. But it's also like, yeah, maybe we should...
1: He goes with his gut a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's a real 21st century American caught in the 23rd.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um interesting um interesting thought about this episode when so the aliens eventually <clears throat> invade Enterprise for a moment mm-hmm. and they scan a couple of the a couple of the crewmen. Um I read somewhere and I couldn't I couldn't find it. Mm. Um but I read somewhere on the internet that said that the aliens that showed up in this episode may have been the uh eight four seven two species eight four seven two or whatever. The one that the board oh, couldn't be the one that the board couldn't uh be yeah. Voyager. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and whoa. I don't know. I don't know if that's the truth. I, maybe I dreamed it because I, I looked all over for it, but and I couldn't find it. But I thought that was an interesting. Interesting.
0: Find. I do yeah. have a note here that uh, in the twenty fifth century timeline of Star Trek Online, these particular aliens return as part of the game's Legacy of Romulus expansion. Mm. Okay. And they're known as the Elakai or for you choose out there. (laughs) Elechai. Elehenu. Baruch. um, They uh, act as allies of the Revied Romulan Star Empire under the command of Empress Sela and the Tal Shiar. Um, So, either, I mean, I like your theory better, but Star Trek Online is technically beta canon, so it's not like it's yeah, the truth. Unless you go on Reddit, and then they're like, "Well, Star Trek online." Just kidding. Maybe, I, I don't want to hate. And I, I, I check Star Trek Reddit every day. So we
1: love you guys. You know, there just we, seems to be strong-willed thoughts everywhere. We're trying to build a following over there, but yeah. But anyways, uh, that that actually may have been where I saw that. It may have been on the the subreddit, the Daystrom Inst- Institute, where they're talking oh, about okay. it. And I was oh, like, okay. oh, that's interesting. I thought it was interesting as well that they have spaceman suits but no helmets. Like they seem yeah yeah seem pretty cavalier about that. Yeah,
0: well <laughs> the way they like with their long arms walk in, yeah, dude, it was, that was a total like horror, uh, you know, Area Fifty One alien fucking totally, shot, yeah.
1: dude. It it reminded me almost of the first episode where the Suliban and uh, yeah yeah you know, on Enterprise and like all the lights shut off and it yeah. gets all scared I I like that element I I mean I'm a huge fan of like the alien series so space horror totally works for me
0: yeah um yeah me too Uh, I so during this episode you know um we get the uh I I wrote down it's the Malcolm Reed parents episode yeah um so I want to propose a question to you Mm Mhm. Do we think, and you know, maybe this is grounds for a Daystrom article, but accents in the 23rd, 24th century, don't you think at a certain point they would have stopped, you know? Definitely. I mean, I get that we have Jean-Luc, who's a Frenchman with a British accent. And then you can kind of make, like, the the, you can blur the line there, and the concept is that maybe the British accent takes over. You know, yeah, Yeah. Scotty's got an accent. And so, you know, there are a lot of pronounced accents, including uh, Trip, you know, Reed. And so...
1: Trips from the Bayou. Do you
0: think there's a... uh, Do you think there's a sentiment that transcends being a human or federation... And they still go hyper localized. And at what point do you think accents will stop?
1: Well, to be honest, that is something that I've I've thought of before, and I think maybe a couple episodes ago, Flocks uh, mentioned that he had been to see the Eiffel Tower and he'd been to see the Taj Mahal. I think this was the episode where they yeah, got to the where, into the nebula. The, the,
0: <clears throat> yeah, they have like yeah. the religious people who are looking at the.
1: Yeah. And so what yeah, it's called But my conception of it after watching the movie First Contact, which is where they go back in time to meet Zephram Cochrane, mm-hmm. you know, as he's inventing uh, warp warp drive. Mm-hmm. It's kind of I don't know if it's if it if they say it directly or if it's kind of like alluded to, but from my impression humanity just got out of like a huge war and people are just are trying to recolonize basically. And so I, yeah. I just don't. I don't know if that's exactly. I mean, I mean, I would I would say that possibly regional dialect dialects could exist, but I just I I would think that if there was a giant war that wiped out most of humanity and we're trying to recolonize, I think that may have been done away with a little bit.
0: I agree. So when Zephram Cochran did break the warp barrier and. Uh, first contact happens mm-hmm. um the eugenics war is still going on that's what it, the and, eugenics war that's and right. it, it's it's the it's the first contact in the warp um thing uh from zephram that begins the reunification of earth uh, um okay. and so i know and forgive me for not knowing but there are three factions in the eugenics war there's like a mm-hmm. Basically, North and South America. I like Middle Eastern and the Jedi, and the Sith, and the, the Rogue Je- Jedi. Yeah, yeah. correct. I, yeah, that's when Star Wars and Star Trek um, cross timelines. <laughs> yeah, um, and in a few years, X Men show up. <laughs> there is actually a crossover X Men with the Avengers. No, X Men and Star Trek. Really. Yeah, here I'll tell you what it's called for anyone yeah. who doesn't know: X Men and Star Trek crossover.
1: Interesting. Um, Fascinating. Yeah, it's
0: called Planet X. It's a 1998 Star Trek novel by Michael Friedman to crossover
1: between X Men and Star Trek. Is it considered canon? No. Oh, okay.
0: No, all of the uh, all of the. The fiction is technically beta canon. Mm, Except okay. when you get to Discovery, and a lot of the Discovery novels have been kind of enveloped in the yeah. Alpha canon prime timeline. Right.
1: So, so, so I mean, well, but what it, do, do you think that regional dialects exist, or do you think that's still a thing in the future? My thought is that no, they shouldn't <clears throat> exist, especially after a huge. War that, I mean, in my mind, would wipe out a large part of the history and culture of of humanity. Many,
0: yeah. So, you know, I don't think there should be. But it seems pretty consistently in every iteration that there is some sort of dialect in the shows. And if the shows are the main timeline, main canon, then... I guess we assume that some people hold strong mm-hmm. in their uh, region
1: heritage. Heritage, yeah. There you
0: go.
1: Yeah, <coughs> it's plausible. Um, I, I don't know. I guess I guess the I guess the verdict would be undecided currently. Yeah. I personally think that Malcolm has a has an accent because he is quickly becoming. The Interstellar Man of Mystery aboard the Enterprise. Have oh. you noticed this? Whoa! <laughs> Nobody knows shit about him. Uh-huh. Uh, in a couple episodes, when he's trapped in the in the shuttle with with Malco, with a uh, trip, mm-hmm. he's recounting all the flings he had mm-hmm. in his life. You know, he's, he was he was a coxman back on Earth. Um, <laughs> a veritable coxman. A veritable coxman. Nobody knows what he likes to eat. I mean. His favorite food is pineapple, and as we know, find there's, out, there's the yeah, as we find out, and there's of course the old trope of what does pineapple do? It makes your cum tasty. So,
0: oh, oh, you know, whoa, we're making fucking leaps and yeah. bounds
1: here, man. Okay, that's right. Yeah, so nice. I I think um, I think he's a spy, and I don't like it. <laughs> I I think I think that, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just. I was connecting the dots uh, earlier today and I was like, you know, he really is just like James Bond in space almost.
0: <laughs> so to to continue on your thought here, if his birthday is in early September, mm-hmm. he's a Virgo. Mm. And I think his uh, standoffishness, his coldness, his lack of like, what is he really like? Right. You know, I, I think that's what's going on here.
1: But when he gets when he gets oriented towards what he wants to do, he's, like, all in. That's it, yeah. We're yeah. going to get those uh, face cannons in, sir, no problem. And you know what? Double time. Triple shifts for everybody. Yeah.
0: Well, look, we need it. We need it. Um, how did those two guys pivot Seinfeld base? How did those two guys not see the aliens walking by? They showed up clear as day. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I didn't see him. What? It's like Metal Gear. What was that noise? Holy shit. (laughs) Um, You know, there are a lot of good moments in this one. This is one of the first episodes of Enterprise where they don't leave the ship. Interesting. Um, They stay in the ship the whole time. And so you get this real compact, confined story. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, Archer would walk around in his regular clothes. I think we only saw Picard do that, you know, like once or twice when he got right. called in the middle of the night. Um, you know, there's a just how nonchalantly Archer makes this secret mission seem. They're talking about it damn near in front of him, right? <laughs> <clears throat> you know, and then there's the whole. You know, we missed you at dinner last night, Trip. Oh yeah, yeah. There was T'Pol's latest bout with chopsticks. You know, so there were a lot of fun little notions
1: in this one. Like she wouldn't be able to figure out chopsticks. Come on, seriously, she would have put two and two together. Yeah. Um, another thing about this episode is the director. Um, I'm probably gonna probably gonna butcher his name, but his name is um, Weinrich Kol- Kolbe, I believe. Okay. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Okay. He was also the director of um, the last episode of The Next Generation, All Good Things, which received a Hugo Award.
0: Holy shit, really?
1: Yeah. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. That was a great episode. Doing a little deep dive. Oh, yeah, it was a fantastic episode. Um, Wow, I particularly like that episode. And a classic, it was all a dream scenario, you know?
0: Hey,
1: Sorry. The interstellar dog that I've got here is making a bunch of noise. Well, allow me to sip my interstellar beer. <clears throat> what was that? A future beer, dude? It's future beer. They make future beers Ale. platinum, and uh, it is platinum. There you go.
0: Um. Interesting. Yeah, I mean that was that definitely
1: was a uh, an absolutely great episode. Yeah, and so was this one. This one was all right. Yeah. My favorite, but... Um, no,
0: I mean, it, this is good, solid Trek.
1: Yeah. You yeah. know. Yeah, and, you know, at the end, you know, they... So they, they get attacked the first time. Archer orders them to turn around. And they end up basically defending themselves against these against these aliens another two times. Mm-hmm. And at the end, Archer's like, ah, eh, forget it. We don't need to go to Jupiter Station. We don't need to upgrade this ship. Yeah. But... Like five minutes earlier, he gave this whole speech to, I think it was Trip, and he's like, you know, we left we left space dock too early, man. We were so eager to get out there, and it's like, <laughs> why not just go back to Jupiter Station and get, you know, get some new phasers and shit. Got a
0: little retrofit in, man. What the fuck, yeah,
1: yeah. In- instead, here, here, uh, Reed and Trip having to make, you know, new phasers out of what the matter resequencers, I guess, are turning. Yeah, duct tape. They're turning shit into metal so they can, you know, turn it into a into a phaser of some sort. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, it would make sense. But they should just go back to Jupiter Station and stop futzing around here.
0: I don't see the problem. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I, there's some sort of sense of, like, oh, we can't because we need to just stay out here. And it's like, Dad, they're not taking you back at this point. You know, like, just... You know, get some more. Dad, we're lost.
1: Ask for directions.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. All right. Well, you got anything uh, else to add? I mean, you nailed the synopsis. Uh,
1: I wanted to touch on one more thing, just briefly. Um, My new theory of Malcolm being the interstellar man of mystery. You know, he gets hit on by Hoshi. At, at a certain point in the in the video, or mm-hmm. not in the video, in the episode. Um, he, he totally could have capitalized on that, but he turned it down, which makes me think that, you know, maybe he's not the Interstellar Man of Mystery. Did you did just... just
0: add doubt to your own theory? I did, yeah. <laughs> Classic David, everybody.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the <laughs> infinite Libra. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's like with James Bond turn down a crewmate I don't think he would especially I, the most attractive one
0: I don't do you think he's the most attractive one
1: I think Hoshi is
0: trick question it's sad <laughs> <clears throat> you think Hoshi is I don't know T'Pol's pretty hot yeah T'Pol is pretty hot we don't need to object, objectify them all but
1: no I mean we could maybe do like a like a Patreon video about who's the hottest on Enterprise excellent and we'll do it in a very respectful Way Uh huh Yes <laughs> With that um, yeah, this, uh, is, this has been the Star Companion This has
0: been the Star Companion You can catch
1: us on all major podcasting platforms And we are now live Officially on YouTube So go check us out there yeah. If you'd like to see Fuck our yeah. faces Um, Really put a lot of Love and, and sweat And hard work into that and we're happy to be here talking about Trek, man.
0: Yeah, fuck yeah. I, yeah. I definitely am very happy to be here. For everyone that's been listening, you know, thanks. It honestly feels yeah. good that people are, some people are listening, and you know, send us an email. Yeah, a Gmail. Like, we would just love to talk. Yeah. We love Star Trek. You must love it. What do you got?
1: Send out a subspace amplifier and We'll ping you back. Holy shit. Nice.
0: All right. See what I do? I
1: tie things together. It's fucking brilliant.
0: (laughs) What have you been saying? I always forget what you've been saying. Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself, everybody. (laughs)